allowed to choose their child's teacher. We are on the threshold of such a day, and we urge support for HB1. There you have uh, Pastor Rick Stevens uh, speaking during the uh, House subcommittee last week about this education bill, HB1, that we've been talking about all morning. Of course, uh, there were actually a lot of folks in favor of it. I think the majority of the room was in favor of the bill. Uh, it's all a question of who you get out to go talk, you know. And I also think, fair, uh, honestly, I think that some of the people who would be against this bill normally uh, probably thought to themselves, look, I can drive all the way to Tallahassee from wherever I am in the state of Florida. Let's imagine it's Orlando or Miami or, you know, even Tampa. Um, you know, and they thought to themselves, but what's the point? They're going to pass this, you know, 13 to 4. What's the point of me showing up? And that's true. You know, the overwhelming supermajority that the Republicans have on committees and in the House and in the Senate as well, uh, you know, I would think that the uh, the opposing voices would be like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, why? I mean, the Democrats didn't even bother doing a real gun press conference after the announcement yesterday for concealed carry. They just did a Zoom call. Like, eh, mail it in. <laughs> like it's on, you know, it's a pretty discouraging thing. Okay, Richard Templin from the AFL-CIO of Florida. You know what side he's likely to be on here. The other side. Public education is a public good. And when you allow people to opt out of a public good, something that is good for everybody, whether they attend it or not, when you allow people to opt out of a public good, it begins to disintegrate. Think of a library versus a bookstore. A library is supported by everybody. Everybody can attend. They can go and get a book. They can read it. They bring it back, and someone else gets it, as opposed to going to a bookstore where one individual buys a book and keeps it. Yeah, uh, I, I love analogies. You know, I'm a philosopher. I love analogies. Okay, um, not a great analogy, uh, mostly because the two scenarios are so different, but also because if we all had to get our reading materials at the library. Look, I love a library, but ew, no. <laughs> like, first of all, I like to own a book. You know, I like to write in the book. I like to have it so that I can look at it anytime. I don't have to, you know, get in line to get the book and then return it right away and have to read it too quickly. I mean, the libraries are great, but there's a lot of downside to libraries. So if your argument is save the public schools, they're as good as the libraries. If everybody were using the library, you know, it's like this is not the best analogy for you, but uh, we'll just we'll just move on to other things. Um, so interestingly, because most of the comments about this, I thought were actually very interesting. And I had a lot of, as I've shared throughout the show today, a lot of reasons to side with the critics of this bill. Uh, everything from, you know, why is it that we're, you know, putting a subsidy $8,000 in for people who make five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000 a year? It doesn't seem to accomplish anything. It does seem to cost the state. It doesn't seem to do much. Uh, the question of can you really solve uh, people fleeing the, the bad schools, okay? You know, if, if, if the issue is the bad school, I mean... <laughs> There's a lot to in this, including like, you know, the parents, okay, are a big part of whether a kid survives or not and does thrives or not. And does it solve the problem to get a kid out of the bad school into a good school if the parents aren't involved? On the flip side, if the parents are involved, even in a mediocre to bad school, the kids are going to do a lot better. You know, which issue is the big one? And this comes from a guy who is a big champion of choice and vouchers and alternatives and I hate monopolies and the government monopoly in education is a big problem, okay? But just... It's a complicated conversation, and I think sometimes I'll allow it. Even I have made this overly simple, and so you know I've appreciated some of the friends who have disagreed with me, and some of the people who showed up here to espouse their views, which I think had merit. And then there were some extraordinary things. We'll talk about that in a second. Jenna's got traffic on the fives. 
I-10 is still slow moving eastbound right after the Pine Forest Road exit. Gulf Breeze Parkway is slow going westbound right around Kelton Boulevard. That light right there, it's backed up till about Nestling Drive. Also taking a look at the front gate of NES Pensacola starting to build up again right there. So showing some minor delays. It's a foggy commute out there this morning. So double check that your headlights are on, please. Have a traffic tip. Call 850-2626-111. I'm Jenna Barr for News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jenna. So back to this conversation about vouchers. Angie Nixon was the loudest voice among the Democrats against this. She's a uh, black legislator from downstate, and uh, she said the cost, first of all, is a problem. Some folks estimate that this bill, HB1, is going to cost us between 4 to $6 billion after four years. I am simply trying to find out where this money is coming from. It's always a fair question. Uh, one to one and a half billion dollars a year. It does look like that would be the cost. Also, over 1,500 of these schools, these private schools, one of which my child unfortunately is in, are unaccredited. That number's about right. 67%, which is one of the reasons that I'm, I'm against this, right? So a significant number of these schools are unaccredited. Again, doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that we don't know. We can't say for sure in any objective sense. Also, students, because the schools are not good, and it's not all schools, like there are a lot of fantastic private schools, right? But in an environment where state money is available at a certain level, and you view that as an opportunity to go into the education business in order to make a profit, okay? Uh, Maybe, you know, some people go into education going for all the right reasons. Some people do not. Okay, if you try to put together a school on the mere eight thousand dollars a year budget, um, you may for a student you you may not produce that great of a school. Okay, it just there's a lot of factors here, and I, you know I don't have any reason to doubt her statistics. That a lot of people who use the vouchers for a year do come back. Thirty five percent of students who use a voucher they only use it for a year, which will be my son. Fifty eight percent of students use a voucher for two years. Students who return to public schools, who have to return to public schools, consistently perform worse on the FSA than their peers with similar demographics who never left public schools. That's really concerning, right? And it would mean that those parents found out that those schools were not what they had hoped for. Which, again, you had this earlier testimony from a guy named Scott Hottenstein who pointed out that, look, the, the great school that you envision your kid going to uh, might be fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year. Maybe they can or can't get in. Do they even take vouchers? Several of the notable private schools in this area don't even take vouchers, so it doesn't help you get into those schools, right? Those are all realistic concerns about the expansion of this program. Then she mentioned something, and this is kind of heading down a path where I was like, ah, I was kind of with you for a lot of what you said, not all of it, but... Here goes. This bill is not about choice. This bill is about the defunding of public education as we know it. <sighs> I, I understand why she would say this. But again, I don't assess that an awful lot of students will leave public school because of this bill, simply because... All of a sudden, over $100,000, you get eight grand. I don't think is the decision difference for most parents. At that level of income, if they hate their local school, they're already going to private school. I, there are some, okay, uh, some who, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay 12, but they will pay four. You know what I mean? Like if the tuition is 12000 and they are eligible for an $8,000 scholarship uh, because, you know, and they make $150,000 a year, you know, they wouldn't pay 12, but the, they might pay eight, or sorry, they might pay four with an eight. 
given to them. I can see that. But then she went on, and it was the went on part that really lost me. And when we defund public education, we usher kids into the school-to-prison pipeline. I understand why many people are supporting this bill, because it's more profitable to arrest our students and to put them in prison than it is to actually educate them. So I'm asking my colleagues today to vote down on this bill and to save public education for all of our kids and their kids and their kids. Thank you. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. Look, that's just... You have me with reasons and even the examples and the facts that you're presenting, but then when you throw that in, it makes me discredit sort of everything else. You know, you sort of make me want to not agree with you. And you want me, I'm the guy that can agree with you because I favor school of choice and I favor vouchers and I'm willing to be critical of a program that I don't think this particular one makes as much sense as other ones do. Then Spencer Roach, a Republican, gets up and kind of closes things out. You know, the opponents of school choice have been making these claims now for 35 years that the expansion of school choice and giving parents a choice and a greater say in their child's education is going to end democracy, destroy public education, and disenfranchise minorities. When you look at the overwhelming educational data and you look at the insatiable appetite that parents and our constituents are demanding for expanded school choice, that just, not, just does not pass the smell test. And? This claim that an expansion of school choice is going to destroy public education to me, that is an overt and explicit acknowledgement that thousands, perhaps tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of parents are going to choose to leave failing government schools in pursuit of a better option. And then the last thing he said, and I thought this was, I mean, this is definitely matching up rhetoric against Angie Nixon, but I, I don't think it's an unfair characterization. You know, when you look at the history of school segregation in this country going back 60 years, what you find when you go back 60 years is that you had blue state politicians standing in the schoolhouse door and telling minority students that they could not come in. And now you have those same blue state politicians standing in the schoolhouse door and they will not let minority students out. 437-1620, One final thought on this, though, is I favor something like, can we not make sure that the vouchers go to everybody who lives in a zone CD or F school? That, that to me, seems like a simple, it's not a means testing anymore, but that would get the kids out of the poorer schools, poor performing schools, and into private schools if there are seats available. Um, that would be, it would also make it so that people would be more willing to live in those areas, which is certainly something that we would like to see happen. Um, but there is a different challenge and the different challenge is this, um, your A and B schools, at least around here are jam packed and your DNF schools are empty or, you know, half full, like they can barely. So people have already fled those schools and the good schools are overflowing beyond capacity. So there's just, it's a, there's a lot to this particular issue. 822, I'm Andrew McKay. Laura and I really wanted something that was inviting. We didn't want the traditional stuffy jewelry store. We wanted it to be sort of coastal casual, sort of really inviting, a place that was fun, that people could come and enjoy and not feel like they were being pressured. And we were shocked when we were recognized as one of America's coolest stores in 2018. They said, you know, there's not a lot like this in the Southeast, much less Pensacola. And we're really proud of it. Come visit us at Beret Jewelers.
We all do it. Joining online home improvement groups and saving our favorite kitchens, thinking, someday. But a kitchen remodel seems too expensive and time-consuming, right? Actually, you'd be surprised at how affordable and efficient it can be. And with Home Outlet, you have access to the largest selection of in-stock cabinets, plus completely free kitchen planning services. Let the experienced designers at Home Outlet help you turn Sunday into today. Visit your local 100% employee-owned Home Outlet to get started. Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Cheryl Underwood, and I want to tell you something. My digestive system used to make me feel sluggish, but those days are over. Now I feel great. That's because I increased my fiber intake with the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge, and I'm still hooked. I just took Metamucil every day for 14 days, and it's really that easy. Metamucil traps and removes the waste that weighs you down, so you feel lighter and more energetic. Now I never want to go back to that heavy feeling. Are you ready for the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge? For a coupon and daily support, sign up at Metamucil.com today. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Sundays, you get Christian Outlook at 7, Ask the Preacher at 8, Town Hall Review, Fox News Sundays a weekend, Check It Out, and Gun Talk at 8. I can see it on your face, Jenna. You love you some information society, and you've never seen Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> and and all of my... You should understand, I'm very limited in my movies. And, and all of my Second Amendment friends are like, yeah, that was the best ever. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 825 on News Radio 92.3. Jenna's got traffic on the fives. All right. It looks like right now Gulf Breeze is really our only problem. It's slow moving westbound around Kelton Boulevard at that light till about Nestling Drive. The front gate of NES Pensacola was starting to build up, but now it's starting to dissipate. And I-10 is now moving at posted speeds in both directions. Still seeing a little bit of fog and cloudy weather, so stay safe and have those headlights on. If you have a traffic tip, call 850-2626-111. I'm Jenna Barr for News Radio 92. Three, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jenna. David Wayne now in the newsroom with our headlines. David? President Biden will be in New York today talking about funding for the uh, Hudson River Rail Tunnel Project. Uh, New York and New Jersey governors will be uh, joining him to discuss that project. Former President Donald Trump might be criminally charged in the Stormy Daniels hush money scandal. Uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg presenting evidence to a grand jury today. Uh, involving $130,000 in hush money allegedly paid to buy Stormy Daniels' silence and charges set to be officially filed today against Alec Baldwin for his role in the shooting on the set of the movie Rust in New Mexico. Uh, Baldwin and Armour Hanna Gutierrez-Reed being charged with involuntary manslaughter. All right. Thanks so much, David. Uh, 827 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, we got an interesting uh, story yesterday from the Pensacola Police Department. We'll talk with Mike Wood about this on Thursday. Pensacola Police are working on a new crime prevention program. It's focused on features in an environment. It teaches officers about the impacts lighting or even plants can have on crime. Officers will go to businesses and other organizations and offer recommendations on how to lay out their property to optimize safety. Lighting is especially important. One of the biggest things for us is is lighting 
um, changing lighting, looking at the brightness of lighting, looking at placement of lighting, not only from the street light standpoint, but we, you know, we, a lot of times we focus on the business and the commercial aspect of it, but from a residential standpoint as well. They will also encourage people to follow what's called the two foot, six foot rule. No shrubs should be higher than two feet or trees should be six feet or higher to limit the places a criminal can hide or lurk. That was, of course, Chief uh, Pensacola Police Chief Eric Randall on Channel 3 with Bob Solarski last night talking about this. And, you know, as the information that we got yesterday says, uh, Pensacola Police are starting a new crime prevention training program, Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design. And the training will teach officers about the impacts of lighting and shrubbery on crime. Well, what does it want? We want a shrubbery. <laughs> couldn't resist i just I couldn't. i'm sorry but when i see a story about the pensacola police department emphasizing the importance of shrubbery maintenance is there anywhere in this town where we could buy a shrubbery i mean what if you've only got one firstly you must find another shrubbery obviously so what they're t- <laughs> i couldn't I don't resist. know what to say <laughs> Just like, well, no, the one thing they talk about is like, for example, um, officers are going to teach businesses, you know, how to lay out the property in order to improve safety and, you know, make sure they follow that. What Bob mentioned, the two foot, six foot yeah. rule, um, you know, no shrubberies <laughs> higher than two feet. And, uh, you know, the trees should, um, you know, be yeah. at least six feet high or higher. And so obviously if you have to remove a tree, you must cut down the mightiest tree in the forest. Obviously. 829 on Newsroom. Jenna, have you seen, do you know, have you seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Yes, I have. It was my dad's favorite movie and my little sister's favorite movie. They made me sit through it. I ended up liking it at the end. Whoa, 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 whoa. Made you sit through it? Yeah. Well, I made them sit through Princess Bride with me. So okay. then they All ended right. up All liking right. that. Fair enough. Equally quotable. Both well, equally When you're not quotable. aware of it, yeah, I told sure. you I'm not That's really into enough. movies. So. I like it. Work with me. 829 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, Monty Python. Um, what else do we have going on? Oh, uh, Mardi Gras Parade comes up this Saturday in Milton. Crew of Airship Pirates. I'll let the good times roll. Stewart Street, great. Obviously, great parade. And then Jernigan's Landing After Party. Be sure to go to the after party at Jernigan's Landing. That's really good fun. Uh, live music, vendors, and uh, all kinds of things to eat, of course, is wonderful. Uh, you can get more information at newsradio923.com. The frivolous topic comes up here in just a moment. David Wayne, what do you have coming up in your news, sir? Information on the Mardi Gras kickoff in Milton. Also, uh, still no suspects in that house party homicide. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. House Republicans plan to vote today on a bill ending coronavirus pandemic emergency measures. The Biden administration wants a few more weeks. Fox's Alexandria Hoff. The White House now saying it will end two national COVID emergencies, stating the administration's plan is to extend the emergency declarations to May 11th and then end both emergencies on that date. This wind down would align with the administration's previous commitments to give at least 60 days notice prior to the termination of the PHA. PHE for public health emergency. Ukraine's president's asking for fighter jets to help fight the Russian invasion. When President Biden was asked Monday, Russian officials have said supplying Ukraine with advanced weapons constitutes direct involvement. Fox's Jill Nato. 
Former President Trump is suing journalist Bob Woodward for $50 million for using their interview recordings in an audio book. Woodward and his publisher called the suit without merit. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 831 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. 66 right now. It is mostly cloudy in Pensacola. Still no suspects in that fatal shooting at a large house party last weekend. The Scambia County Sheriff's Office says there was more than 100 people at a party at a house on Pin High Drive. Four gunmen showed up. At least four males with hoods and jackets showed up, uh, some with guns. Uh, and then they started firing at, at the front of the house, and then there was an individual that was shot in the, toward the back of the house. And uh, one man was found with a gunshot wound to the chest and taken to the hospital where he died. Investigators still working on identifying the suspect. If you have any information, contact Crime Stoppers or the Sheriff's Office. A century woman has been sentenced to eight years in prison for child neglect and not reporting child sexual abuse. North Escambia reporting Tabitha Ann Tedder was sentenced last week. Her husband, Norman Tedder, found incompetent to stand trial and sent to Lakeview. He'll be due back in court in April. Another relative, Michael Tedder, sentenced to 30 years in prison for child sexual battery. His wife sentenced to a year and a half. The Tedder family was found living in horrid conditions with several children and two campers century last year. The investigation began after one child reported the abuse to a school counselor. Scambia County reviewing how it spends its bed tax dollars after a state audit revealed some of the 2021 spending didn't align with state statutes. I don't think there's any nefarious stuff in here. I think there's things we need to tighten up, and I think you'll see the Board of County Commissioners take that action. Commissioner Jeff Bergash spoke about the issue during a special meeting of the Tourist Development Council last week. State auditors found that the county didn't properly document the connection to tourism for $614,000 that was spent. The state not looking for the county to pay that money back. Governor Ron DeSantis says he wants to speed up the completion of highway projects all across the state, 20 of them. He says $7 billion is going to be used to get those projects done. They're really ready to get going We just need to put the funds in place. And so we're looking to do things like widen existing roadways, making existing highway connections more efficient, expanding interchanges to be more free-flowing. Under the proposal, $4 billion would come from a revenue surplus. Another $3 million would still have to be raised. And of the 20 statewide projects, there is one that's local here to our area, and that would be I-10 from the eastbound way station to Nine Mile Road. And $162 million is committed for that project. And uh, Mardi Gras kickoff weekend in Milton is going to feature a free concert by a Grammy-nominated country music artist, David Nail. He'll be playing at Jernigan's Landing this coming Friday at 9 p.m. Nail's got several popular songs. Uh, like whatever she's got, Let It Rain and Red Light. Nail talked with the News Journal recently. He tells them he's uh, vacationed in Pensacola a few times, says he's familiar with the area and looking forward to the intimate atmosphere of a smaller show in Milton. It is uh, almost 8.35 right now at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jenna Barr, what are you seeing? 
The following traffic on the fives is brought to you by Staples. Gulf Breeze Parkway is still slow moving. That's westbound around Kelton Boulevard Light till about Nestling Drive. Front gate of NES Pensacola is now checking in clear as well as I-10 and I-110 also moving at posted speeds. Still seeing a little fog on the road and that cloudy weather. So stay safe and have those headlights on. Staples stores are a new world of possibilities with new innovative tools for small business and remote workers and learners. Explore more at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Have a traffic tip? Call 850-2626-111. I'm Jenna Barr for News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. We're going to be seeing mostly cloudy skies today with temperatures warming up near 71 degrees. We will have a 10% chance of a few stray showers, otherwise cloudy skies low tonight near 60. As you go into Wednesday, small chance of rain continues, 10% chance of rain overall with mostly cloudy skies. High on Wednesday near 71, Wednesday night temperatures dropping near 62. Rain chance will increase by Thursday with 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a high near 76. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. Right now, 66 and cloudy in Pensacola, also foggy. Still a dense fog advisory until 10 o'clock this morning. It is 65 in Gulf Breeze and 65 in Milton. Your money now. The market opening, well, the Dow Jones is down 35.77 at 33.681.32 this morning. However, the S&P 500 up 5.12 at 4,022.89 and the NASDAQ up 37.91 at 11.431.72. The global economy expected to grow more than previously expected this year. That's according to the International Monetary Fund. They say the economy is projected to expand by 2.9%, an increase of two-tenths of a point from the previous projection made last October. Pfizer expecting their sales to drop this year. After posting an all-time high last year, the pharmaceutical company says their sales were just over $100 billion, and half of that was thanks to its COVID vaccines and antiviral medications. And Bed Bath & Beyond preparing to file for bankruptcy. That could happen as soon as this week. Uh, That's according to Reuters. They cited four sources familiar with the matter. The company said to be exploring last-ditch options to avoid that bankruptcy, but uh, store closing sales could begin as soon as this weekend. Now, as of the latest update, the Pensacola location at Cordova Mall still not on the list of Bed Bath & Beyond stores that they're planning to close in 2023. It's 837 News Radio 923. Your next news at 9 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Join Claimology Thursday morning at 10:30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Matthew Vanderford with Claimology will be talking about insurance claims. He'll be discussing storms claims as well as the importance of being properly insured prior to a storm and inspections after a storm. Matthew will be taking calls to answer your questions so you'll know what you need before the next storm arrives. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at vfw.org. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? 
Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi. This host has a black belt. Who could it be? Who is it? The correct answer is Andrew McKay. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> I admire your deductive processes. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Oh, idiot. Food fight! For gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. All right, Jenna, you ready? Always. We've got some hard-hitting, frivolous topic questions for today. A question for today. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. Uh, this I actually saw this on a, a friend's Facebook page, so I'm stealing it. I don't remember who it was, so I can't credit him for it, but uh, I would if I could. Uh, but here goes. Uh, in the morning, you get up, you're getting ready for work, you're getting ready for the day, whatever. Uh, let's assume, for the sake of this argument, that you're wearing socks and shoes. Okay, I thought you were going to say pants. No. Okay. Well, you know. Let's assume that, too. Sure, fine. Okay. okay, so you're wearing socks and shoes. Question. Sock, sock, shoe, shoe? Or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? 437-1620. Do you put the socks on? Left foot, right foot, or right foot, left foot. Wearing people. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking flips today. I'm not, not talking slides. I'm not talking Crocs. Not Leave talking your Crocs out of this. And we're, and we're not, you know... We're not talking pantyhose because uh, that's kind of a baked-in answer, I right? Love you the know, word pantyhose. It's, it's just a, it makes everybody uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> it really just it gives you the wigglies. Okay, so um, the question is: both socks before both shoes? Always. Or one sock then that shoe? No, 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 no. And then the other sock and then that shoe. No. Which, which way are you? No, I have to. Ha- I have to put both socks on, and I. I am one of those people. I don't like to put my socks on until right before I put my shoes on. Like you're, you're either barefoot, as in in the home. Yep. Or you are socks and shoes leaving the home. Yep. We're That's not it. like putting the socks and shoes on and then continuing to wander no. around the house for a while. No, unless okay. I go to somebody's house and then I'm, I'll keep my socks on. I'm not going to be weird and like you know squish my toes into your carpet or anything. But wait, wait, wait. My- so you're a you're a barefoot home, but a sock at the friend's house? Oh yeah. I'm so confused by this. I have. I, I, you feel like it's yeah. offending them or like they're a danger to you? I don't know. Would that offend somebody? Like, <laughs> do you mind if I just get completely comfortable? <laughs> four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. And then four, I show up wearing toe socks too. Four, four, oh, all right. All right. Just a little one. Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. Somebody here says sock, sock, shoe, shoe. And I will say this uh, as God intended. It's right there in the Bible. Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Yeah, it's in Deuteronomy. You don't right look. Foot or left foot you tell me. First. That's right. Um, uh, somebody here also, let's see, I uh, got another. Uh, sock, sock, shoe, shoe, always. Okay, always. Uh, somebody else, sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Okay, a fairly consistent pattern. But let's let's be objective. Let's step back from God's preferred method. Okay, and let's look at it objectively. Is it more economical of your time and effort to finish off the right foot before moving entirely to the left foot? Because what it seems like, I, and speaking on behalf of the audience, is that Socks are alike, so sock, sock. Okay, same activity. But you know, bear with me, okay? If you're dealing with the right foot sock and then tie the shoe, and then you're dealing with the left foot sock and then put on the shoe, I think you could make the argument that you're being more efficient 
you are task switching from sock to shoe, but you are not task location switching from foot to foot, which is a bit it's a bit inefficient. I think the reason is though, don't we all forget something inside or I mean, I don't wear shoes in my house, so that's why I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I always forget something. That's just the way I am. Like, oh, did I unplug the curler? Oh, sure. is the coffee maker off? Sure, sure. So I always do like sock sock brain check. Oh, oh okay. What's happening? Okay, that's so so sock sock is the distraction to let your brain be freed up yep. to realize the thing you might have forgotten. Oh, yes. And and of course, you know, what kind of weirdo wants to wander back into the house with one bare foot and one sock shoe foot? Right, that's totally awkward. And being in that Your condition is very strange. That's a very strange condition to be in. You know, <laughs> having one sock and shoe on and one foot barefoot. Uh, that's 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 as weird Ooh, as these yeah. people. Yeah, do you that, do right or left foot foot first? Yeah, I, you know, I I try to think about that. I'm not sure. I would honestly have to pay attention. I'm not really sure. Uh, let's see. Somebody here says uh, sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, somebody here says the famous Archie Bunker meathead debate. Everyone knows it's sock, shoe, sock, shoe. That way you only have to bend over two times instead of four times. Ask any fat person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm going to reveal some ignorance here. What are bombas? What are bombas? Bombas first Aren't and those, then shoes. Those- I don't know what this means. Oh, oh, are bombas? I thought bombas were those squishy shoes, I'm but I guess totally not. Totally lost. Okay, right foot or left foot first? Again, not sure. I'd have to pay attention. Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Always. Uh, again, it's in Deuteronomy. You read it. Uh, somebody here says sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Uh, as screamed in Navy boot camp, drop your <laughs> and grab your socks. <laughs> Oh, right, bombas are a sock. Uh, oh, okay. All right, socks first. No shoes in the house, so you have to do the socks first. Right. If you have any kind of differentiation, separation, demilitarized zone where you don't keep the socks and the shoes together, then you're obviously going socks first. And some people are socks in the house anyway, so putting sh- it's only put shoes on or not. Like the, you do the socks in the bedroom and your shoes in the laundry room or right, something. Right, um, I have so- a brother, though, and he is so tall. He's like 6'3". Okay. And he's my little one of my little brothers, but he bought this massive shoehorn. I'm serious. It's like four feet tall. <laughs> it's like a selfie stick shoehorn? Yes. Like, yes, yes <laughs> so he yes. can get his feet down at the bottom where so he's not he bending over to get over. him. he never bends over. He found it on Amazon if you That's guys awesome. are looking for it. You don't want to bend over. Uh, the way God intended sock, sock, shoe, shoe, if there's an emergency, it's easier to run out if both feet are covered the same oh see you know this is the emergency managers are telling us that you know you don't want to have one (laughs) if if there's a crisis at the moment between like you're two steps into a four-step process steps (laughs) uh then you know you want to be sure to be able to do something functional and having one shoe on and one barefoot is not going to work for anybody uh no i agree with that that makes sense weird too left first and i'm right-handed it's weird always sock shoe sock shoe oh a dissenter and always standing because you should work on your balance. <laughs> oh, Andrew, to me, it's a mental balance thing. It would be very odd to have a sock and a shoe on one foot and then a barefoot on the other. Yeah, there's something super unnatural about that. Uh, people are texting me about this all in the family scene, which I have to go watch now. Um, always start with the left. Complete the sock shoe while you're already in position and holding your breath. <laughs> sock, sock, shoe, shoe is double work and more holding of breath. <laughs> That's to bend over effectively. I love it. The efficiency of the assembly line is in the sock, sock, shoe, shoe method, as Henry Ford intended, not switching between kinds of tasks. Um, it's Florida. We're flipped. 
No, I appreciate that. That's yeah. a strong sentiment. Uh, plus, uh, let's see. If I don't complete the subject matter of both socks first, I might misplace one. <laughs> oh, you sound like my eight-year-old. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got like 83 more texts. <laughs> I know. It just keeps happening. And some of it's about the Bible. The Bible tells us who makes the coffee. Hebrews. <laughs> okay. Y'all are the best. <laughs> Jenna's got traffic on the fives. I don't know what's happening. Okay. Taking a look at the roads. Oh, the following traffic report is brought to you by Top Supply. Gulf Breeze Parkway is still slow moving westbound around Kelton Boulevard. It's backed up a few blocks till about Nestling Drive. Front gate of NES Pensacola is checking and clear as well as I-10, I-110, Highway 98. Eight uh, is looking pretty good, except for that one area. And uh, we're still seeing a little bit of foggy, cloudy weather. So just be safe out there and keep those headlights on for now. Tops Appliance featuring freezers, refrigerators, dishwashers, ranges, washers, and dryers from GE, Hot Point, Speed Queen, and more. That's Tops Appliance Highway 90 in Milton. If you have a traffic tip, call 850-2626-111. I'm Jenna Barr for News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. So it is official. It's like do everything backwards day. So I'm just going to say, give it a shot. Try it a different way. You know, try. Oh, by the way, somebody here says, yeah, socks are in the be- in the bedroom, you know, out of the drawer and shoes are out there. So, you know, none of, none of the things that you're saying even make sense. I got to imagine there's a military way. The military has a rule for everything. Oh, there's yeah, got to be do. a military rule for this, I would assume. Uh, people are telling me bombas are socks, great socks, wonderful socks, the best socks you'll ever see. Um, fine, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we I love that. Missing out. Uh, and somebody else says, finally here, putting my socks on and standing up is my 30 minutes of yoga every morning. Forty-eight <laughs> <laughs> on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, sometimes funny. Um, look, Frontier Motors, you know, they've got a lot of good cars, good quality used cars, one, two, three years old, low miles, great condition, good prices. And the thing is, is that they sell a lot of cars, like half their inventory every month. So, you know, maybe they sell 150 out of their 300 cars every month, which means that if they're going to sell them and keep selling them, that at some point they've also got to fill in the blank. Come on, it's not Mad Libs. Oh, buy them. B- buy them. Yeah, that's right. I didn't mean you. I was, I was just still reading. I was still reading. I wasn't picking on you. No, just you got to buy them. And where do they buy them from? I mean, they buy them from lease programs. They buy them from car auctions. Like our car was bought at an auction in Orlando. Uh, so, or you, like they can just buy it from you. So if you've got a good quality used car, uh, take it into Frontier Motors, and they'll buy it from you in about 15 minutes. No problem. They'll tell you what it's worth, and they'll tell you what you get. And if you don't like that price, like you can always uh, do a consignment if you prefer to try to get a higher price, and they'll do that as long as it's reasonable. It'll just take a little bit longer, you know, perhaps. But this is the alternative to, like, what, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, meet a stranger in the parking lot, hope everything works out okay. You know, like, I mean, right, you know how do you sell a used car? Well, here's how. Simple. Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. As a Walgreens pharmacist, I talk with people all the time about little tips and tricks for filling their Medicare prescriptions, like taking advantage of Walgreens 90-day refills to save them a trip or using refill by scan, which is super easy and right on your phone. And for anybody worried about prescription costs, I say, hey, we got you with low-cost co-pays on many medications. Let's talk about making things easier. Walgreens is here. Fill your way and save at walgreens.com slash Medicare. See pharmacists for restrictions and exclusions. 
Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out how this Thursday morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information about this Thursday morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. Listen to News Radio on air at 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, AM 1620, and online at newsradio923.com. Download our mobile app or listen through Alexa. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. I have not watched The Daily Show in years. Like it's been years. I used to watch it when Stephen, uh, sorry, when uh, uh, John Stewart hosted, and then they, you know they had the Colbert Report. Remember when Late Night was entertaining? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, back in not the day agonizing. when it was clever and it was not you know just oh, painful and cruel and whatever. Anyway, um, so The Daily Show. I haven't. Wa- I mean, I watched in the beginning when Trevor Noah took over, and then like That's I'm nice. tired of this. So, yeah. uh, but now see, without Trevor Noah anymore, they're now on one show host per week. Oh, so really? they're running a rotation. Yeah, they had uh, Leslie Jones in for the first week, and oh, she's I didn't get to watch. I wasn't paying enough attention to tune in quickly, and then I set the timer. And so what, last week was Wanda, Wanda Sykes. Okay, and Hilarious. Wanda. Wanda has she can either be unfunny or she can be very funny. Like yeah. you know, she has a great range, and I, you know, I, I love Wanda. The Wanda Sykes show was hilarious. Um, and then D.L. Hughley is now the host this week. So, uh, and D.L. Hughley is a bit of an acquired taste, and he's. He's very, um, some of it is not funny at all. It's just very serious and angry, which is D.L. Hughley. Uh, but some of it is very funny. I'm uh, D.L. Hughley, and welcome to The Daily Show. Um, of course, between me and Leslie and Wanda, this is starting to look a lot like BET. I tell you that. Uh- <laughs> Do not be shocked if you see those diabetes commercials. Oh, 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 Zambic! I mean, that's... <laughs> so bad and so good at the same time. It's like oh, people, black people love their diabetes medication. You know, I got one foot in the diabetes medication. I mean, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty good. Um, but then he was talking about the Tyree Nichols case, and that's where I was saying it's kind of like he's just oh, he sort of angry. Switched, yeah. But but he found right, yeah. some parts in this that were. I mean, he found something that I hadn't seen in the case that was entertaining. I can tell you what I did uh, find shocking was. How fast those cops got arrested. Yeah. Right now. They got arrested so fast, they didn't even give us time to riot. <laughs> like I, I'm like, damn, damn, what am I gonna do with this, all this gasoline? I gotta pour it back in the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's, that's funny, but that's not the part. Because, it, you know, usually it takes a considerable amount of time more. Like, usually when they tell us a cop got indicted, a reporter is wiping tear gas out our eyes. So it's... It, um, and it's just interesting because they did get arrested fast. And I, I just... These cops got arrested so fast, I got to wonder why did... Oh, I, I, there's something about them. And he puts the picture of the five cops up on the screen. That looks fast, arrest-worthy. Like, I... Because... I can't put my finger on it, but I want to arrest them myself. There's I don't... something unique about these... Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I... I don't have anything to add. I'll just say it's an observation that I had not I had not connected any of those dots quite that way before, but DL Hughley, ladies and gentlemen. 855 on News Radio 923. Jenna's got traffic on the fives. Gulf Breeze Parkway still slowing moving uh westbound on right around Kelton Boulevard light till about Nestling Drive. Still some congestion in that area. Front gate of NES Pensacola is checking in clear as well as I-10 and I-110 in both directions. Still seeing some cloudy weather, maybe a bit of fog still so stay safe and have those lights on this morning and if you have a traffic tip call anytime 850-2626-111 i'm jenna bar for news radio 92.3 informative local dependable thanks so much jenna the uh, governor yesterday doing a press conference on a whole bunch of spending that he wants to do for f dot to advance some projects to accelerate them basically with the big budget surplus that we're running meanwhile california back to deficits again what did y'all do with all that money? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing the mismanagement anyway. We're proud to announce today that we're going to be pursuing a moving Florida forward initiative. It's going to be um, a proposal to expedite 20 major interstate and roadway projects across the state of Florida in the next four years. And so you're going to end up... And yeah, the uh, you know a lot of the projects, a lot of the things are in Central Florida around the I four corridor. Had a lot of folks. That's where he was when he was talking about this. And you know, it's like four billion dollars. I mean, it's a lot they're pulling out of the budget surplus to spend on accelerating these projects. You know, you're going to end up seeing some of these projects completed 10, 12 years ahead of schedule of where they're currently scheduled now. So we're putting in just in this year, we're going to put in four billion dollars. Uh, from our budget surplus to be in these uh, these key projects. We're also going to dedicate $134 million each year to the state transportation work program to further support. And then because we have such a high credit rating, they're going to be able at FDOT to leverage that money that we put in for even more. So the total is going to be about $7 billion wow. over four years, which is really, really significant. Yeah, that's a lot of money, and that's accelerating projects mostly in central Florida, but a few sprinkled around the state. I'll tell you about the one that's near us. I thought it was interesting, though, because you know the implications of this, and um, Jared Perdue, the uh, secretary of uh, FDOT, he says a huge day, biggest influx of new spending that he's ever seen in his life. Uh, Josh Borum owns a fire protection company outside Orlando, and he was trying to explain how his business has had to adapt to the terrible traffic jams in that area. I do often joke that I might be the only business owner in Central Florida who's purposefully growing my business away from Orlando. And think about how illogical that is. There's so much business there. There's so much to do, uh, but we don't want it. I turned off my Google ads. I talked to my SEO company. Get me out of Orlando. 
it shouldn't be that way, and that's that's why we're thankful to have Governor DeSantis fixing that. Yeah, the cost of paying an employee to sit in traffic and waste time, even if it's a half hour a day, winds up being a lot and also missed business in the process. So, you know, traffic jams are bad for economic development. And as he said, trying to, you know, if they can fix the roads, uh, he'd work more in Orlando where there's huge demand for his business. 437-1620, I told you I'd mentioned the project that's here. It's the widening of uh, I-10 west of Nine Mile, where it's currently four lanes, putting that up to six lanes, which will be, I mean, the whole idea is eventually to go six lanes all the way from the Alabama border through, you know, to the east of Santa Rosa County, right? That's the idea is to six lane all of it. And, um, Part of it is that, but the other part is that diverging diamond interchange at Pine Forest and I-10, which is, if you don't know that area, a horrible interchange. It's just very poorly designed and old and bad and dangerous, all of the above, right? And it'll be a diverging diamond, which is going to seem awkward at first, but trust me, you'll get used to it, and they really, really work well. There's one over in Spanish for it, uh, and there's ones all over the country. All right, time for future news, quickly before we run out of time entirely. Uh, Will the diverging diamond get built soon and work? Okay, let's hope so. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Um, Will there be an income cap at all on the voucher plan, or will it stay with no income cap at all? I'm going to go with, I hope it does, but after you explained it more and I listened to it more, I think they're going to hold out. I don't think they're likely to change. Will we have permitless carry by this summer? Permitless carry, yes. Yeah, open carry ever in Florida in the next two or three years? Possibly eventually. I think no. Uh, Permitless carry, absolutely. Open carry, I don't think so. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. Constitutional carry legislation is planned for the next 